How would you like to learn new skills and face exciting new challenges? Maybe you want to develop your clinical expertise and give your career a boost. I'm Lucy Coward and I've been hearing from healthcare workers, including doctors, nurses and paramedics, who spend their spare time as medical reservists in the Royal Air Force. These are no ordinary medics. They're trained to care for sick or injured military personnel and civilians, sometimes in areas of conflict, both on the ground and in the air. So what's it like? How much of a commitment is it? We've asked some RAF medical reservists to record their thoughts about why they joined and what they get out of it. Like this ICU nurse, who found her civilian career took off after she signed up with the RAF. My name's Colette Mackay and I'm a registered NHS nurse in Central Scotland. So I qualified in 2015 and just before I qualified I had applied for um, an ICU post. Um, so I would have been new, like going into it newly qualified at that point. Unfortunately I was unsuccessful and ironically the unit that I had applied for at the time I'm now a senior staff nurse in. So after the unsuccessful interview, I thought to myself, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be in ITU or emergency medicine in some way. So I was thinking back to a lecture in first year. So the reserves had came and done a talk at uni and, you know, just talking about what's involved with the reserves, what you can get out of it. And I just remember during the whole thing being so inspired and thinking that is something I would absolutely love to do. So I had actually phoned them up at the time and they had said they were recruiting qualified nurses at that point. So they asked me to call back once I was qualified if it was something I was still interested in. So after the unsuccessful interview for ITU, I remember thinking, how am I going to get experience? It's one of those situations, you know, where they want experience, but you won't get experience until you're in sort of thing. So I was like, how can I get this experience? And then I just clicked and I phoned up and um, started the process of, you know, the application, was successful with that, I had the interview, and then it took about a year for me to, to get through all the initial paperwork and things and the medicals. So yeah, I joined the reserves in 2016 and applied again for ITU two years after. So in March 2018, I got in and um, I'm still there. And like I say, I'm now a senior staff nurse there. It's been quite a quick progression, some would maybe say. Um, and I do de definitely feel like the reserves have played a massive part in the success of me coming into that role in the unit because of the training that I've I've been through with them. A lot of people just don't get that opportunity like offered to them if you're not in, in the reserves. The reason that I did join was that, one of the reasons anyway, was that I absolutely love flying and I have done since I was small. And I actually was almost an air hostess before I became a nurse. So um, now I can combine the two almost and um, enjoy the flying side with the reserves and caring for people as well day to day. And if I was deployed in a, an aeromedical evacuation capacity, so best of both really. But what about time? How much do you have to give? Corporal Mackay says it's not as much as people think. You really don't need a lot of time. I think that's what puts a lot of people off is that they think they don't have the time to commit to something like this. But 
for me, it depends on what stage of training you're at. But right now, my the sort of ask from the RAF is that I do nine days um, a year. So that's really nothing. If, you, if we're thinking about it, it's two days a month. So one weekend a month up at Lookers at 612 Squadron. Um, so really you would have to do four or five weekends and that would be your mi- bare minimum done. But for myself, I don't really think about it as what I need to get done like for the year. I just sort of look at it as what I want to do, what I want to achieve at the year. And I think a lot of it definitely is based on whatever you put in you will get back out in some form it really depends on what you want out of it but there is so many opportunities like for myself I really wanted to do before before I got the post as um, senior staff nurse I really wanted to do my advanced life support course but through the NHS but it wasn't really being offered to me so I had approached the, the reserves and explained that it was something I would like to do looking at advanced practice and they managed to get me onto a battlefield advanced trauma life support course um, and I'd done that and that was just absolutely amazing. It is mostly paramedics that are on that course but I was one of the sort of first nurses to go to that and the skills, the advanced skills that I learned there were just amazing. Don't get me wrong, like those ones maybe not so transferable um, back into my own unit but it is something that if I was deployed with the RAF that I would be able to use those skills again and it is just unbelievable the, the courses and the skills that you can you can be equipped with through them. With the pandemic, I think it's given the reserves a time, a time to sort of explore how they can get more engagement out of the reserves. So people who are in the reserves can now you know join a leadership conference from the comfort of their living room, whereas before you would have to maybe take four or five days off work or or use it as your days off or your annual leave. And like account for a couple of days of travel, um, and travel there, travel back, and things. I've always been a really curious and creative person, and like quite a social person, and just enjoy learning. I've just always been like that, but it is absolutely built on that for me. It's also built built confidence, and it still is building confidence, and social skills massive factor in it because you meet so many people. You have to have good social skills and. Relating that back to my civilian job, you absolutely need to have good social skills to be a nurse because you come across the general public every day and it's they're all from different backgrounds and a range of colleagues as well, you know, who who everybody's different. We're all human, we're all different in nature and different personalities. So you have to be able to adapt your social skills and be quite self-aware. And that's definitely something that the military teach you as well. I think that kind of relates nicely into the values of the RAF and the NHS and that they are so interchangeable and very, very similar. Um, both organisations tend to strive for excellence and work through adversity. Um, I'm always really striving to improve my workplace, um, both for the RAF and the NHS. So anything that I learn in both of them, I can take to the other, if that makes sense. So very transferable skills. And just thinking now to the, the leadership course that I've done. So it's a junior management and leadership course. And um, it is a chartered management institute. Um, recognition so you, you you end up with a civilian qualification plus a military one so I've done that I think it was 2019 I've done that and I've I've done a sort of presentation on leadership and followership uh, management study days for the unit 
So I've, I've done that to try and share the learning that I've got from the RAF and give it to my NHS colleagues because I'm, I'm so aware that maybe the NHS don't have the time or the, you know, the resources to give out that leadership training as much as they maybe would like to. How about experiences and opportunities? Corporal Mackay says there's one in particular she'll never forget. The most recent one for me is Norway, extreme cold weather um, training event. So it was skiing and when I read the, you know, the instructions for it before I applied, I had said it was skiing and you would ex- be expected to ski sort of 15 kilometres a day for five, five to seven days really. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I've never skied. But it did say, you know, open to beginners um, and I thought, oh, well, I go for it. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to challenge myself. And that in itself is what I love about the reserves because you see all this stuff. There's so many opportunities on. We have an app that you know, you can look at the opportunities on. And I'll go on and have a look and I'm thinking, you know, I've never skied, but I've never been to Norway. I don't really like the cold, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm going to put myself at my comfort zone here and I'm going to go. And um, it was the best thing that I've done. Like, I absolutely loved it. There was not a moment of that that I did not enjoy even the absolutely aching legs at the end of the day. Um, but it was such an unfamiliar and uncomfortable environment to begin with. You know, you're freezing, um, you're in skis, you, you, don't, you can't even walk without falling, never mind actually ski, and you're, you're going cross-country on these skis for, for miles a day. And um, where we ham and cheese sandwich packed in, and a warm cup of basically warm diluting juice um, to drink once you stopped at a wee for lunch and just stopping and taking in that scenery was oh second to none really it blue skies and just snowy mountains it was unreal and um getting to experience the culture in Norway as well plus network with a group of fantastic people and um also got rescued um and in inverted commas by trained dogs in a simulated avalanche which was just undescribable. I have I've got videos and pictures of that but I'll never ever forget it. Anyone that knows me knows my, my love for dogs. Like it's just a bit um extreme actually. I completely love dogs. <laughs> I've got two of my own, but um you would never get a chance to do something like that day to day. So when the trainer was talking about it, I think he only got he must have said something like, Oh, tomorrow we're going to simulate a an avalanche rescue by dogs and I don't even think he got dogs out of his mouth and I was like oh my god can I do it can I do it like please pick me pick me and um, he was like yeah yeah and they were all laughing at how enthusiastic and like keen I was to get put in an avalanche scenario but I was like no it's actually the dogs that I'm interested in <laughs> um, but that was just unbelievable as well and that as well is something that I can do again and again if I want and now that I know how to ski I would go and I would maybe go into a sort of more like because there's different groups you know I went into the beginners class to begin with and then after I think it was two days I'd went up a group because I had learned that the trainers were fantastic and learned how to ski a bit better so I went up a group but maybe the next time I went I could go into the the advanced group and go for longer skis every day and so it just really does open up your possibilities and opportunities and when I came home I'd told my partner about it and you know, was telling him about it and he was saying, oh, we need to book up a ski holiday now and you can teach me how to ski sort of thing. So it's just amazing. And that is what we're going to do. We're going to book a skiing holiday and I can try and transfer my <laughs> my training and teach him. And I would say that if you, if you are looking to progress or develop yourself, like personally and professionally, plus socialise with a range of people and add some travel into the mix, then the reserves would definitely be for you. 
A serious consideration before joining up is to think about what impact it may have on your family life. Corporal Mackay says her family and friends understand her commitment. One thing I would say about it is you do, I would say you pretty much, in fact, 100% have to have support from like your family and friends and anyone that it could influence if you were deployed. Um, my family and friends are fully engaged with what I do with the reserves and understanding that I could be deployed and, you know, that that is my choice and, and I'm happy with that and that is, that is ultimately the end goal because I go through all this training and all these, get, gain all these extra skills and I want to put them into use in the environment that I'm trained to put them in. My family and friends are massive priorities in my life, but doing this training and, and going going these places makes me a happier, nicer person as well. So it has a it has a direct impact on the, on my family and friends because they, you know, I'm probably nicer to be around and and balancing like work and reserves sort of thing is again with the commitment side of things it's not really they don't ask a lot of you um they don't ask you to do a lot it's just really what you want to do um, and you can take on more or you can take on less if you've got sort of things busying up in your personal life then you can take on a bit less with the reserves and similarly when things will be quieting down in your personal life you can then take on a bit more with the reserves as well and you are rewarded for that so I would kind of summarise it by saying that I did a test for nine years and sign up for nine years and I have such a memory of that day because as I was signing the the contract sort of thing, I was thinking nine years, like this is nine years of my life. I'll be such and such an age by then. Um, that's a massive commitment. And now that I'm five years in, I'm like over halfway there and I have no intention of finishing after nine years. Um, so that I think that really does speak for itself. That was Corporal Colette Mackay talking about her experiences of life in the RAF Medical Reserves. So how much time will you be expected to give if you decide to join up? Flight Sergeant Mick Ainsley is a recruiter for 4626 Squadron based at RAF Bryce Norton. We're looking for the, the best people to meet our operational requirement. Um, the, the days that we, um, that we allocate, so it's 27 days a year, um, that's the minimum amount that we can, we can cope with, if you like, to get these people through to, um, to, to be trained. Um, and I guess it's it's down to each individual whether they because it's a spare time activity at the end of the day and whether they can allocate that amount of spare time. Twenty seven days a year doesn't sound much, but actually when you look at it and you look at busy lifestyles, shift work, working weekends, a lot of what we do is at weekends. Some people just don't have the time to commit to it. And I think I guess the people when people think about that and they decide they haven't got the time, then they've clearly thought about it properly, which is what we want people to do. How often do people who were initially worried end up actually committing much, much more time than is basically required? The majority. Um, So our minimum is 27 days a year. There are options to reduce that in, in certain circumstances, but most personnel complete around 35 days a year on average. Why do you think that they end up doing more? We aim to, to make everything as um, as relevant, as challenging and as enjoyable as we can and something different as well from what they do in their normal day-to-day work. Um, that's why people come back, I think. What about employers? Because I understand there's a real partnership between employer, reservist and the RAF. 
from our point of view, medical reserves, we mostly recruit personnel who uh, work for the NHS. We have a fantastic um, relationship with NHS, uh, with, with the chief executives um, all the way down. They understand that the individuals um, will come back with additional skills, um, particularly if they deploy. So we do have a really good relationship with them. There's also something called Defence Relationship Management, who are an independent organisation who will act um, as a link between the individual and their employer if their employer has any concerns. And am I right in thinking that an actual contract is signed? So the individual will sign a 12-year contract. However, they're not committed to that in that if they wish to leave, they can do so at any time. They just need to give us three months notice. And during that three months, we wouldn't make them attend for any more training if they didn't wish to. Um, it, it makes sure that, that we know that they're signing up to this and they know that they're signing up to it. So, so I think it's important. The reason it's 12 years is so they don't have to keep signing new contracts. Um, but yeah, the contractual agreement is important, but important to note that they can withdraw from that anytime they wish. And so what's the first thing people have to do after they've signed that contract and been accepted? So they'll sign the contract on their day of attestation, which is the day that they join the RAF, which is right at the end of the recruitment process. They're then committing to, as such, the 27 days a year, um, and then they will turn up for their training weekends. Um, it's, it's, remember, it's a, it's a voluntary organisation. Um, so they will turn up for whichever training weekends they can, according to their work um, and, and their life balance. Are you up to the challenge? The RAF Medical Reserves is actively recruiting now. To find out more about becoming a reserve in the Royal Air Force, search Royal Air Force Reserves. Royal Air Force. No ordinary job.